0: Pleasure to invite Pastor Gordon. He's going to come. Gordon Neal's going to come and speak this morning, and we're going to pray for him and to to, to a, quite a number in our church. You know Gordon well. Gordon has given the last several decades of input and encouragement. He has. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I know. 75 years, 75 years of input. Now, the last couple of decades of of input and encouragement, particularly to a lot of churches in our region, but to Oasis, and you'll know that those of you who've he's journeyed with our church over the years. So that's amazing, and we're thankful for that. Gordon um, has been and pastored the Ilan uh, Pentecostal Church in Derby, which Derby City Church today, thriving church. He pastored there for many years, and then went on to. As I said, for several decades, to be a regional leader for the Midlands and the Northeast region. I was in the Northeast, now I'm in the Midlands, and I've known him during that time. And we're really delighted that he's here today. Um, in the last few years, retired, but still now very busy in speaking in local churches. Since his retirement, he's relaxed somewhat. And if you notice, he's wearing these lovely, relaxed shoes. <laughs> Yeah, I put I'm, him on the spot because he came in this morning and said to me. Don't worry, this but, won't
1: go on long. No, no.
0: But and it'll never happen he's a, again. He's always, he's, always got a, he's always got something to say and he's got a joke to share and he's joked about me and he's joked about Andrew and he's joked about everyone. I wasn't, but, joking, I wasn't joking. No, I know you weren't. That's why I'm highlighting them. And um, so let's give his shoes a round of applause and they're very nice. Thank you. No.
1: You're going to pray?
0: I'm going to pray. Thank you, Father God, for Pastor Gordon Neil. We are delighted that he's here today. He has given a lot of input into the life of our church, and we pray we will have open hearts to receive what you've given him to share today. Pray that he, as he shares, it will be something that you've laid for us as a church, and that we will be encouraged and stirred for such a time as this. And at the same time, he, Gordon, as well, will be refreshed as he gives out. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you. That was so insincere, wasn't it? <laughs> May I explain about the shoes? Just get this out of the way. Because uh, you'll be staring at them. Normally I carry a pair of black polished shoes in my boot. And because um, I t- travel a bit, and I always think, well, you know, stopping here and getting out and filling with petrol. Always have a cl- I went to my boot this morning and they weren't there. <clears throat> So you've got my dog walking shoes, which were in the boot. So that's the reason being there. We will be having an offering later to buy a pair of shoes for me. There'll be some envelopes down here if you'd like to. No, no, no. That's it. It's, it's nice to be I said, while well, since I've spoken here, yep, I've reduced my fees. That's why I'm back. It's gone now from a fiver to £2.50. So, no, it's a joy, an absolute joy to be here. 75 years, this church. Wow. How many of you were here at the opening? Two? Were you here then? She wasn't. That's a surprise. Um, Anyway, lovely to see Mike and Yvonne Epson. We were regional superintendents together, weren't we? Uh, I did round here and he did down there, and we bumped into each other at the National Leadership Team meeting. It's lovely to see you both, so that's great. Now, that's enough. Let's, let's turn to what is, what is important to us today. I would like you to turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 32. Um, I'd like to speak to you, if I may, what we would call the Garden of Gethsemane. It's a story about our Lord just before his arrest, his trial and his crucifixion. Um, If you're like a thousand years old like me, you'll remember a hymn, Lest I Forget Gethsemane. And I just hope that we won't forget Gethsemane. We have our Good Friday service, and rightly so, we focus on the cross. Then we have our Easter Sunday services, and we rightly focus on the empty tomb. And sometimes now, with the preaching opportunities we have in church, not as many as there used to be, sometimes... We can maybe not visit the Garden of Gethsemane as often as we used to, maybe in a day. So I'd like to do that. It's not Easter, it's not the time. But I'd like to just do this, look at this scripture with you. I'm tempted, there's no meant, this is in my notes, so there's nothing to do. I'm almost tempted when I read this portion of scripture to ask you to take your shoes off. Nothing to do with my shoes. Because when. Moses met God at the burning bush. He told him, he said, take off your shoes because the ground on which you are walking is holy ground. And that's because God was in the bush. And I've got to say this. When I read this portion of scripture, I feel I should do the same. Because I think we have a view of Jesus that is so intimate. And I say that in the purest sense of the word. It's so... Clearly, the anguish he went through is there for us. But I'm not going to ask you to take your shoes off. I am going to ask you to stand, please, if you can. If you're not able to stand, that's okay. And I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes and listen to me read Matthew's account. Now, there's reference to Gethsemane in all the four Gospels. That shows how important it is to the Holy Spirit. Certainly in John, it's very brief and it's only acknowledged the others there is information there so let me read to you if I may this and you can I suggest you close your eyes I'm trying not to produce anything other than acknowledge what's happening here then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane he said to them sit here while I go over there to pray he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away the second time and prayed. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken unless I drink it, may your will be done. Then he came back again and found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near. The son of man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Arise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Father, we with tiptoes that we look at this portion of Scripture. When compared to the other Gospels, we see just what it cost you to do your Father's will. It wasn't a glib thing. You didn't skip down the road thinking, oh good, I'm going to Gethsemane. It was part of that journey that would take you to the cross where you die for us. And this message will only be, quote, a success in the sense of achieving something if we go home today more in love with you because of what you did for us. I couldn't see Gordon Neal in that garden, but I see Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me and for us and your faithfulness amen please be seated please be seated as i say each of the gospel writers just give us a little bit of a, a different um view of what was taking place in that garden and i'd like us just to look at it if you could turn to now uh, luke please luke 22 i'll just walk through that with you if i may It tells us in Luke these words Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. We've just seen from Matthew the anguish and how personally involved Jesus was in this preparation for the cross. If you said to me, When did Jesus die for my sins? It was upon the cross. When did the work of redemption begin? Well, it began, I think, in the incarnation, (laughs) or even before then. His whole life, his whole being, his whole existence of Jesus, was he might become our saviour. And in Luke, he tells us very simply there, now, um, sorry, here we go. He said to them, on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He was thinking of someone else. Isn't that amazing? We know the anguish he felt in his heart from what Matthew tells us. He gives her the insight of a man three times going out, praying, then falling on his face, saying, Father, there must be another way. Heaven is silent. Then Jesus returns and says, Okay, I'll drink the cup. And then a third time he asks. This wasn't some robotic appointment this wasn't oh it's tuesday i go shopping it's thursday i go to the vet or whatever this was an appointment for jesus with the father's will we only really understand the father's will when it actually clashes with ours you know i believe jesus is lord amen yeah 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 till he tells me to change my attitude then i might think hang on a minute I've had this attitude a long time and may we say we noticed it and we'd like you to change please and he comes and yet at the beginning of this in Luke he tells him look you pray that you don't fall into temptation you pray because not long from now soldiers are going to come and arrest me I'm going to be in a a, a courtyard I'm going to go before the high priest I'm going to go before Pilate and during that time you are in danger of denial, and Peter did deny, as we know. And even in these moments, Jesus was praying, and he was saying something very simply here about, you know, reaching the way, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. And I've just wrote down here the thoughtfulness of Christ. Do you know Jesus is praying for you today? Now. I know that the pastoral team here will be praying for you um, because they love you and they care for you. But may I say with respect to them, whatever their love and their care for you is, and they won't argue with me, I know, it's small compared to his care and his love that he has for you in that way. And Jesus says to them pray that you will not fall into temptation come on now it's your responsibility to pray for yourself he could have said come on fellas pray for me if you knew what was going to happen pray 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 for me please let's get everybody praying for me but he doesn't he turns around and says to them pray that you will not fall into temptation in those moments He could have even easily have demanded the prayers for himself. I don't know what your prayer life's like. I don't find prayer easy. Now, you might find, oh, that's a shock because I look so holy, don't I? (laughs) But I don't find prayer easy. I cannot criticize the disciples for falling asleep. I um, once almost fell asleep leading family prayers at home. I was going And it is something that my children and my wife will never let me forget. (laughs) I had put in a shift, but that didn't matter. I was tired, and that was it. So I've never found prayer easy. But for all that it's difficult, we have to do it. So fancy bringing you all the way from Derby to tell us that, that we have to pray. And you know why I'm saying it? Because a number of us find it difficult, including me, and I need to be encouraged to pray. I need to be encouraged to put the book down, put the remote away, to turn that blooming, can you say blooming in church? (laughs) (laughs) That blooming phone down and talk to Jesus. And Jesus says, pray for yourselves. Hours before the cross, pray for yourselves. Then in verse 41 of Luke, we're told in that same portion there, it says there, he withdrew a stone throw beyond them and knelt down and prayed. Having thought of them, he now goes to a place that only he could visit on his own. I visited a lady in hospital this week, and... Um, we, we, um, we were chatting and different things. The pastor at Derby was uh, aware of it and uh, was very pleased that I was available, I think, to pop and see her. I could not identify with what she was going through. For, firstly, because I think part of it was a hysterectomy. <laughs> so I couldn't identify with that. But the other things that she had done, I could certainly identify with, because I've got one of each. You know I, I could try and identify I could try and say oh you know but I can't I can't possibly be put myself in that place first of all I've never been ill I've never had a day of work and school in my life I put it down to holy living personally <laughs> but others just say it's just eating too many bacon butties that keep you healthy but you know I couldn't identify and in this next phase I quant identify with jesus he withdrew a stone's throw beyond them there was a place where i couldn't go you couldn't go but jesus went a stone's throw how far is a stone's throw other side of the road well no outside the church for me some of you maybe further that distance where he was alone Loneliness is, is a, 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 again, a very sad thing, and if you're lonely here, tell us you're feeling a bit lonely, we'll talk to you and we'll give you something to do. <laughs> if you cut grass, I live in Mickleover. You know He went a stone's throw. And I can't follow him there. I can't say, "Oh, right, hang on, Jesus, I'll come with you." He brought the disciples so far. But he went a bit further, a stone's throw. Because what he was going to do, only he could do. The disciples couldn't help him die for the sins of the world. The disciples couldn't help him to be without sin. The disciples couldn't protect him from the Roman Empire. So he was alone. And it's almost a picture of that loneliness that he would face Okay, there were thieves either side of him on the cross. But the point is, he shouldn't have been there. For he had not committed any crime. So we see his thoughtfulness and telling the disciples to pray for themselves. We see how his his solitude as he went a distance on his own. The city was making a noise. The Roman soldiers were just marching around. The highest priests were doing their bit. And somewhere in the area, the Son of God was on his own. Now, the Holy Spirit was with him, of course. And the Father had not forsaken him. The fact the Father did not take the cup from him wasn't a sign that the Father didn't care for Jesus. It was a sign that the Father cared for us because he was willing to give his own son. Again, I can't see Gordon Neal in this story. I can't see me getting to that point where I'd have to offer up one of my children. I don't want to go there. I don't even want to think about it. And all parents here would be thinking the same. I heard a very good thing the other day that um, grandchildren are a reward for not murdering your children. (laughs) Now, I don't know if that's true. I don 't know if it's true, but there we are, so you didn't, and you've got the grandkids, so that 's the reason Jesus was alone then in verse forty two and i 'm not going to be take advantage of the time in verse forty two it says he begins to pray, he begins with the word father. this wasn't a computer, this wasn't a Some mystical thing. For Jesus, he was going to do what his father said. And his prayer there begins with the word father. And that speaks of that relationship. Now, all preachers say this, and I'm not going to be any different. We all have different understandings of what father is, often by the father that we had my father was, I no, can't, can't call him over at all. Very good. Taught me right from wrong. Used to say things to me like, um, I don't know what you're doing, but don't bring it home. That was a wise father, wasn't it? He once let me borrow his car and he said to me, if you smash it, don't come home. <laughs> Ring me and I'll go and fetch it. And that was it. Very clear lines of communication. I've not, I've not inherited that from him at all, I'm sure. I haven't. But Jesus said the word, Father. Okay, can't get more emotional, can't get clearer, can't get more powerful, either in a positive way or for some, sadly, in a destructive way. Father, if you are willing. And here we find that submission, Of Jesus to the Father's will. If you are willing, will you allow me not to be scourged and not to be crucified? If you are willing, take this cup from me. This cup that was filled with torture, pain, physical death. More than that, this cup. That meant he, who knew no sin, became sin for us, and that's why the shoes come off. Father, if you're willing, and this wasn't willing willing to lend me the car, Father, if you're willing, can I have my pocket money it, pocket money early? This was, Father, if you're willing, please, I I don't want to be crucified. I don't want to be scourged. I don't want to be spat on. I don't want to have a crown of thorns put on my head. I don't want those things. You say, but yes, he did. No, he didn't. And then he said the words that rocked hell. He said these words. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. I'm telling you what, if the devil was listening to that, I bet he was quaking in his boots. Because here we have the total complete obedience of Jesus to the Father's will. He said, "I don't want it to happen. If you can think of a better way, Lord, this is the time to think of it. the clock's ticking. I'm putting my coat on. I'm leaving the building any minute now. They're on the way. Judas has got paid. And he's on the way with these so-called police. And the father said nothing. The father said nothing. No, son, I told you before what was involved. You knew what was involved. And when I said in heaven, who will go for us? Isaiah said it on earth, but Jesus said it in heaven. I will go. And you and I think, well, you know, it's hard being a Christian, and it is hard being a Christian, but it's much harder being the son of God. Whatever you've been through because you're a Christian is small Now, please, I'm not saying that's the same for some of our brothers and sisters in other countries who have lost their lives. But in the world we live in, the UK at the moment, none of us are anywhere near this for suffering. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. It says in 43, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and strengthened him. That verse is not in all manuscripts. So you can decide whether... The angel did come or the angel didn't come. Verse 44, and again, being in anguish, being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. The father, he said the first time, Three times we know from Matthew that he went and prayed that he might be excused this. And Father, if it's possible, heaven was silent. He went back again and prayed more earnestly. How do you pray more earnestly than that? Matthew tells us that at one point he fell flat on his face. That's why I had to use both portions of the Gospels here. Fell flat on his face. Desperate. The anguish he must have felt. I've had a couple of low spots in my life, mainly attributed to bereavement and the the consequences of it. But nothing like this. Nothing like this. Being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Then he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples. He found them asleep. Exhausted from sorrow, why are you sleeping, ask them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And verse 47, while he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the 12, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, Are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? I'll tell you what, he had some bottle Judas, didn't he? I want to kiss Jesus. It's not the one I pat on the shoulder. That's the one. Not the one who I shake hands with, not cultural. The one I kiss, he's the one. And Jesus says, do you do this? One last portion of scripture, if I may. In Hebrews five, we read these words. And I'm reading from verse seven of Hebrews. Uh, of Hebrews five. Thank you. I'm just following here. Verses Hebrews five, seven and eight. We read these words. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Hang on a minute. I've just said he wasn't heard, didn't I? I spent the last 20 minutes showing you the, the Father's will that Jesus should die. And yet Hebrew says there that with petitions and loud cries and tears, the one who could save him from death... And he was heard because of his reverent submission. He was heard. The father heard him. When he cried out in the garden, he was heard. But he wasn't saved. He still had to go to the cross. And the point is this. I think Hebrews is meaning this. And he was heard because of this. Although the son learned obedience from what he suffered... He once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation. So Hebrews says he was heard. It wasn't that the Father didn't hear Jesus' prayers. And I'm going to swap now from pouring out my emotions to Jesus what he went through. And I'm going to be, please, forgive, don't get the hump with this. If you fall out with me over this, you need help. To the Father who heard what was going on. And he said, I can't. I can't take that cup from you. I can't do it. My love for those people in Long Eaton in 19, 2023, is so much that I can't take the cup from you. He was heard. Heard, but not released. He was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation. When was Jesus made perfect? He was always perfect. Ah. But you see, for a moment, he took our sins upon him. And when that process had gone, he returned for a split second How long? I don't know. Somebody clever will know, but I'm not that clever. But there was a point where the sinless Son of God took our sins upon him, upon the cross, and died. He took our sins upon him. And once he had died for our sins, he was restored back to his eternal perfection. Because sin had been paid for. Had Jesus had one sin of his own, you and I would be going to hell now. But because he had no sin, we go to heaven. Because he took our punishment in our place. And once made perfect, he became the source. Oh, right, let's cheer up now. He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. He became the source of eternal salvation. In other words, his tears, his anguish, his suffering, all that he went through, his crying out to the Father, the Father hearing him, yet putting our need greater than his sons. And what was the result of it? You say, well, what was the point? Uh, Some will say, I can't worship a God who treats his son like that. I love him all the more for the obedience of the son and the love of the father and the conviction of the spirit of God. To think he would do that for me. And what makes it worth it? What makes the tears and the sorrow, his disappointment with the disciples sleeping, what makes it possible? What makes it worth it? Not possible. What makes it worth it? He... Became the source of eternal salvation. Isn't that good news? Do you know what? I know a little bit about other religions, and uh, not a lot. Some of you all know more than me, and that's not hard to know more than me, let me assure you. I wouldn't swap Christianity for any of them, would you? I don't find any of them more attractive. For every religion that I read about I've got to work jolly hard with no hope at all attached to my work in jolly hard. And all I have to do is receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and seek to live for Him and serve Him. And He loves me and He cares for me and He listens to me. Oh, you can keep the rest of them. You really can. Once made perfect, He became the source of eternal salvation to all those who what obey him and how do you obey christ well first of all you acknowledge that your sins took him to the cross that's why he was in the garden of gethsemane crying because he knew there was a point coming yes he would be in physical pain but for a split second and i don't know how long for a certain period of time he and his father would be separated because of our sin. And I believe that the moment he died, that was dealt with. The offering was made. The resurrection was just to give us... Oh no, I nearly said something to preach on, on Sunday, but that's, not, that's a bit too flippant. But he died. And he said, so we've got to obey him. So what does he say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It was possible. His tears, his pain, the agony was all worth it. Because I can say to you now, if you say you are sorry for your sins, and you decide to receive him as your saviour, and seek to be one of his disciples and follow him, I can say to you, eternal life is yours. Say, I don't deserve it. No, you don't. Strangely enough, Christian friend, you didn't deserve it then, and you still don't deserve it. You know that, don't you? Because some of you are quite holy, but you're not holy enough. You still need his grace, and his mercy, and his hope. So, Sorry this wasn't a jovial message or a lifting up message, but maybe timely for us to remember the source of our eternal life is the one who was obedient. And where more did he show his obedience than in the Garden of Gethsemane when he surrendered his will for his father's? And that's the challenge Gordon Neal faces every day is to surrender my will to his will. Jesus put it this way. If you want to be my disciple take up your cross weekly? No, daily and follow me. You've listened ever so well. Can we pray please? Thank you. Father, I thank you for the kind invitation to come this morning. I thank you for the kind attention that these good folk have given to what I've said. Lord, if I've said anything this morning you're not happy with, Lord, just let them forget it. But someone this morning might have maybe not heard for the first time, but maybe understood what you did for them. And having understood how you submitted what you wanted for what the Father wanted, so that you can become the source of eternal life. I just pray, Lord, if there's someone here who doesn't know you, they will. That's it. While our heads are bowed, and please, I've not made an appeal for a little while, so this is not some slick thing I do. If you're not a Christian, and you'd like to be a Christian, having realized what Jesus did for you, died for your sins, and you want his forgiveness, not mine, you haven't sinned against me, You've sinned against him. Then please, I'd like to pray for you. I will not embarrass you, but I would like to know who you are, not by name or address, but just by an acknowledgement. Gordon, will you pray for me? And if you would do that by just putting your hand up, I'd like everyone to close their eyes, please, just out of courtesy to me. Thank you. You know, if you would like to become a Christian, please put your hand up, put it down. I'll try and remember who you are. And maybe one of the pastors will talk to you or speak to you. But the important thing is that you admit you need him. And the next thing is, having admitted you need him, you receive him. Is there someone this morning? Say, Gordon, pray for me. I'd like to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I've not seen a hand yet. And I'm not going to go on and on and on until someone puts their hand up just so you can go home for your dinner. So if it is you... God is speaking to you, please. I've not seen your hand, you'll have to wave it now. Father, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning who doesn't know you, that before this day is over, they will kneel down and give their life to you and receive eternal life from the source. Amen. Thank you.
0: Amen. Thanks, Pastor Gordon, for sharing